This is Will U. Ryan, the fantasy football philosopher, bringing you the thoughtful approach to fantasy football. Before we get started, I want to remind you of all of the material that we've got here at We Know Fantasy. Uh, we've got a weekly podcast schedule, Tuesdays starting out with Out of the Rough, our golf podcast. Wednesday, we'll have the We Know Fantasy podcast, talking anything and everything fantasy football. Thursday, you'll get an episode of our Contributors podcast, where we'll have several of our We Know Fantasy contributors giving their takes on the week's happenings. And of course, right now, you're listening to the Dynasty Thought Experiment, which right now is unscheduled, but we'll be sure to drop an episode every week. Our articles come out starting on Mondays with our waiver wire wish list, getting you a head start on getting your waiver claims in. Tuesday, we'll release both our streamable defenses and our QB streamers. And then Saturday, before the weekend games start, we'll make sure to get out our B team, a team made up of players who you should be able to find on the waiver wire. Now, back to our regularly unscheduled Dynasty Thought Experiment. So I want to talk a little bit about how I approach Dynasty in 2021. To do that, I want to talk a little bit about the landscape right now, the rookie classes that have just happened, what's coming up, and how that can impact the way that you build your roster. To start, let's talk about the 21 rookie class that's just been drafted. Right now, it looks like we've got five QBs that are all hits. Interestingly enough, it looks like we went three of three back in the 20 draft class as well. That's really going to be an outlier situation. Uh, QB prospects typically aren't going to hit at this rate, so if you haven't had a chance to get one of these guys or you see a buy low opportunity on one of the three from last year or one of the five this year, I would get on that quick before everyone is starting and putting up numbers. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be stuck taking rookie QBs in the 2022 draft or the 2023 draft, which could work out. I'm not going to take anything away from those guys. I'm just very aware of the bust rates that do happen even with first round QBs. At the same time, in the 2021 draft class, we had our generational tight end prospect, Kyle Pitts, out of Florida. Um, this is a guy who has a chance to absolutely reshape the position. Um, if you think about what we're seeing out of Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, um, he has a chance to be better for longer than all of them. So this is a guy who's been very, very high on my draft board, especially in tight end premium leagues. Even in standard leagues, um, the positional advantage that you can get at tight end is huge, and the guy is only 20 years old. Tight ends usually last until they're in their 30s at least. So if you can lock this up, you've got a top-tier tight end for 10-plus years. Class also has a deep wide receiver class. Um, I mean, you can check that out. Go check out how your draft turned out and see where Terrace Marshall went, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, if you drafted after his injury, Rondale Moore, look where they were drafted. I mean, these, these are guys that were going middle of the second round in some rookie drafts, and uh, they are all looking great. They're producing in the preseason. Some of them are going to get some opportunities to start right away. Um, Bateman's going to be coming back from injury. So you're running out of time to get these guys before their talent is on full display in the regular season of the NFL. So you can see we've got a lot of really good assets coming up here in the 21 class. Um, not all of them are being properly valued yet, so 
go ahead. If you are a rebuilding team, I would absolutely be selling your known assets to try and get these guys. Um, you know, Dynasty is all about buying the buying the dips, selling when guys have good performances. You know, they get some name recognition. This is your opportunity. These guys, these rookies, haven't necessarily made a name for themselves yet. I think we we've, we've seen Kyle Pitts on the field for a very limited amount of action in the preseason. So as soon as he hits the regular season, he's going to be one of the top two targets in Atlanta. Um, take advantage, buy before people realize just how good he's going to be. Looking forward, I think a lot of people are undervaluing the, the 22 rookie class. I've seen a lot of people just throwing away their, their rookie picks, trying to, to build up their team for this year. Um, you know, that, that's fine if you're truly a contender. You're ready to win this year. You just need one, maybe two more pieces. Um, but just remember, if you are not in that top tier, this 22 rookie class, I mean, while we've seen the top couple QBs struggle here, week one of college football, Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell both uh, did not have the debuts I think they were hoping for this year, we're going to end up with at least a handful of quarterbacks that get round one draft capital. We've got wide receivers that are going to be coming out this year, a couple running backs that are, they'll be fine. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to see any stud running backs in 22, but I mean, we're going to be able to fill out the first round. So any 22 first round pick you can acquire is still going to be a difference maker. Then looking ahead to the 2023 class, this is where I think it's going to be a deeper class. This is going to be much closer to this 21 class um, in terms of the, the quantity of top tier players. In my opinion, I think we're going to see that it is just loaded at running back. I think the uh, actually the top two running backs, in my opinion, are both in college football right now, are both in the 23 class. Um, so I would expect them both to leave um, and get get drafted in 23 and quickly be on fantasy rosters there. So, um, you, you know, take a look at the guys that are out there, the prospects that you may be looking at drafting next year, and decide, you know, where are you going to be able to fill your holes? Um, if you need a running back, 22 is probably not the year to do it. Um, if you can go ahead and get a guy that's you know a little bit undervalued but already established, like go ahead and do that. Sell your 22 rookie pick to get a guy that can help you now for the next couple years if that's a hole on your roster. So let's talk about how different teams in different situations can approach it this year. So I, I kind of already mentioned, if you're contending, you should absolutely look to sell your 22 second for depth. It's not going to be a super deep class. Um, you know, they'll get through the, the first round just fine with difference makers, but I don't think anyone's standing out enough to really say that we're going to have a deep second round here. So if you can sell your 22 second for a good depth piece that's really going to help insulate you against injury throughout the season, and remember, this year, there's actually going to be 18 weeks, 17 games. So, um, sorry, eight, 18 weeks of the season. So it, it's an extra week of practice and hits that guys are going to, to sustain. Um, you, you really are going to need to have depth this year because we, we are still dealing with a little bit of COVID. We'll have people ruled out at the last minute. If you don't have an extra guy to step up at each position, you're setting yourself up for some very disappointing weeks where you're just going to come up short just because one guy was out and you didn't have someone to put in. The other strategy you can do, you're, you should really be looking at buying productive vets that are going to be 
undervalued. Um, you know, you hear the name Zach Ertz, his startup ADP plummeted this year. Let's remember though, two years ago, he was a top five tight end in the dynasty landscape. So he is not that far removed from being very productive. I find it hard to believe that he's not going to produce while he's in Philadelphia. You know, it, it may not be top five numbers, but he'll still put up tight end one numbers. He's a great target to go out. You know, you can you can get him very, very cheap right now. Got guys like Julio Jones, who are already showing up on the injury report, missing practice time. But I mean, we've seen this throughout Julio Jones' career. He was still super efficient last year, a great, great receiver. He's still got years left, even though he seems old for the position. These elite talents you really want to ride, uh, get them cheaply, and you know, occasionally you're going to get someone that retires shortly out of their prime. But a lot of times you'll get situations like Larry Fitzgerald that you can ride off into the sunset and get an extra three or four years of wide receiver two, wide, re wide receiver three value. And really, that helps you fill out your roster as you continue to draft rookies who can kind of step into your wide receiver one, wide receiver two positions. You've got guys like Mike Davis, Ronald Jones. Um, Mike Davis doesn't really have a lot of competition. I don't think he's a long-term answer, but for this year, I mean, the Falcons are definitely seem content with him as their top running back and not a lot behind him. So uh, I'd be willing to roll the dice on, on Mike Davis. Ronald Jones is the best back in the Tampa Bay backfield. He's young, Leonard Fournette. He's on the last year of his deal. You've got Gio Bernard on a one-year deal. If either of them goes down, Ronald Jones will pick up the slack. He's not the best pass catcher, but he is a good running back. He will get yards on the ground, and with those two gone next year, his value will only go up. So let's take a second and step back, and I know not everybody's going to be able to be a contender that's in their championship window right now, and that's okay. We're going to go through ebbs and flows as dynasty managers. Um, so what do we do if we are rebuilding? Well there are a lot of opportunities popping up here as training camp and preseason come to a close. Uh, we have three very young running backs that all are out for the season. So if you're not going to compete this year, see if you can get the injury discount on J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne or Cam Akers. You know, you, you've got some questions as to whether or not they'll be able to get back to form by next season. But if you're already getting the discount, they don't have to get all the way back. Even, you know, an 80% Cam Akers was probably going to be worthwhile next year based on his cost in startup drafts this year. Same thing with J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne. I'm not at all worried about J.K. Dobbins tearing an ACL. They have shown a great track record of being able to repair that, people coming back from that. Uh, you know, Etienne's Lisfranc injury may be a little bit more troublesome, but worst case scenario, it'll take him two years to get back. And he was one of the top prospects at running back this year. So don't forget, like, we are expecting big things from this. We just haven't gotten a chance to see it at the NFL level yet. So buy these guys. They won't put up any points on your roster, so you can keep having a bad team and get an even better draft pick next year. Um, then go ahead and buy someone like Michael Thomas or Rashad Bateman. You know, the, those guys who aren't going to start the season. You're not going to accrue any points. You won't be in playoff position but you expect their value to come up as the season progresses. Once Michael Thomas is back on the field, he's still a good receiver, guys. Like This is still someone who needs to be in wide receiver one conversations. 
not one overall, but top 12 wide receivers in, in Dynasty. He's still there. He's still got the talent. And he's still playing for Sean Payton. I know there's been some rift there uh, with some of his decisions in the offseason. Um, but as long as he is in that situation, you have to value Michael Thomas as a wide receiver one. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there are a ton of great rookie, rookie wide receivers this year. You know, you've got Jamar Chase struggling with drops. You may see a dip in his price. Devonta Smith, another great prospect. Hasn't blown up yet, but it's coming. Jalen Waddell looks very, very electric. The question is, how much opportunity is he going to get year one? Rashad Bateman takes an injury in, in training camp and preseason. You know, he's going to start the season missing the first few games, but he's probably going to end up being the alpha in that offense, um, and it's probably going to be him and Mark Andrews for years to come. You've got Terrace Marshall, who started to blow up in the preseason, but hopefully your league mates weren't watching the preseason, so you can still scoop in and get him before everyone else catches up to just how good he is. I mean, I think pre-draft, I had him as my number two prospect. Um, I think if you think back to the last time that LSU had a pair of receivers drafted, I mean, look what happened with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. This could be the same situation we've got with Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall Jr. You've got Elijah Moore, who banged up with a quad. But again, I mean, he was on the same team with A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown said he might even be better than him. So don't sleep on Elijah Moore. Go get him in Dynasty before he blows up. Elijah's one of those guys that actually has a path to direct playing time. Um, so he's going to be see his price increase quite a bit very quickly, I would guess. You've also got guys like Rondell Moore and Diane Brown. A little bit more uncertain roles, but both have looked very good in the preseason. Uh, Rondell got a lot of use in the preseason as some of the veterans were sitting out. Uh, and then did get um, the treatment where he didn't play a lot at the end of the preseason. So... Let's, uh, let's see what his role looks like. He, you may not have a long buy window to get Rondale Moore, but he is going to be a difference maker out of the slot there in Arizona. Uh, and Diami Brown looks like he might actually be getting his shot because it is looking more and more unlikely that Curtis Samuel will play week one. So he may get to start outside week one, and his deep ball skill set lines up very nicely with Ryan Fitzpatrick's gunslinger mentality. What else can you do as a rebuilder? Well, we talked about the 22 rookie class not being as deep, but that 2023 class. If you can get 2023 picks, do it. Sell your established guys. Get those future picks. You know, it's okay if you need to wait a year or two to rebuild that team. Um, I have seen in leagues where guys tank for two years, but then end up with like six or seven first-round picks, and they basically just get to choose the entire class that, uh, that they want leaving kind of the scraps for the rest of the league. If you do that in a deep, loaded class, like you're set for years to come. The other opportunity that you've got right now, if you happen to have any of these temporary running backs that are being thrust into the, the larger roles, you know, you've got Daryl Henderson on the Rams, Sony Michelle got traded to the Rams to fill the void of Cam Akers, James Robinson is going to be the lead back while Travis Etienne is out, Gus Edwards is going to step in for J.K. Dobbins, I don't think you can count on any of these guys as the solution moving forward. You know, running back is one of those positions that every year guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be opportunities for you know less talented guys to come in, put up some numbers temporarily, and then hand the gig right back. So what do you do with these guys? Well, if 
pure contender and you just got an RB2 for essentially free, just for holding them on your roster and having that depth, I mean, great. Play them, ride them to a championship if you can. But if you're a rebuilder, absolutely be packaging these guys away to try and get first round picks that way you can draft a difference maker. Someone who a team is actually going to value and look at as the solution of the future. Next year, when J.K. Dobbins comes back, who's going to be drafted higher? Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins? When Cam Akers back, who is going to be drafted higher in that backfield? When ETN is back, James Robinson is not the guy. They already drafted ETN to take over for James Robinson. So, you know, don't hold these guys thinking, oh, they have a great role, like maybe they can have one more good year and earn the trust. But no, they had people drafted after they were already on the team to be replacements. So, um, you know, sell these guys while they're hot, while they're hot commodities, before anything happens to them, before we find out that maybe Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle don't have the roles we're hoping for, before J.K. Dobbins is back, taking the role back from Gus Edwards next year. Same thing with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Sell these guys for what you can. Try and get those firsts. Package them with a second to get a first. Uh, you know, package them with a first to get the guy that they're replacing temporarily. See if you can throw Gus Edwards in a first to get J.K. Dobbins. That's absolutely the type of trade you should be looking to make. Again, hold guys on your team that are not going to score you points. You'll keep your good draft position for next year. But guys will come back strong next year and you'll be ready to rock and roll. So let's transition now. We've got a few days left before the season really gets into the swing. Uh, Thursday night, we've got our opening night kickoff with Dallas playing Tampa Bay. Um, should be a fun game. I'm excited to see Dak back. Uh, CeeDee Lamb sounds like he's progressing. Um, really curious to see if he can take that step and really take over that receiver room. Um, and of course, you got you know Tampa Bay. <laughs> is uh, loaded in their wide receiver room. you got Tom Brady. We'll, we'll see how long he can stretch out this career, but the dude is in impeccable shape for a guy his age. Um, and as you know, as much as everyone loves to hate on him, you got to give him respect. The dude is clearly the GOAT. Um, you, know, you can say it was a system thing up in New England, but uh, he just turned around and did it in his first year with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So... Uh, it'll be a fun game. We'll, we'll get to see how the Bucks running back rotation works. Uh, really looking forward to it. So some other games, though, and guys that you need to be plugged in on trying to get before they actually play. I've already mentioned this guy before. New York Jets rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore. Don't be afraid to go get him for a future first. I mean, try and get a first, um, you know, sell an older more proven wide receiver for him see what you can get and, you know try and get him before his value spikes because it will spike this guy has a chance to be special the only thing that might hold him back a little bit is whether or not sam sorry not sam darnold anymore with the jets it's now zach wilson um and he actually has been looking good so um that quarterback play in New York is going to be key for Elijah Moore, but it's looking like he's got a quarterback of the future there with Zach Wilson, um, and that pair is going to be fun to watch. The other buys, uh, I'm going to give you a pair here. The Las Vegas wide receivers, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, two second-year players. Uh, second-year wide receivers, if they did not blow up in year one, are typically way undervalued. And think about this. 
Henry Ruggs was drafted very highly last year. Okay, he got hurt early in the season and really never got back into form. But if you think about, if you look at how he was used at the beginning of the year, they were scheming him touches. And he was electric. They're going to do that again. He is their number one receiver. Last year, you know, everyone is valuing Darren Waller as their the top target. He was the top target out of necessity last year. Ruggs got hurt. Ryan Edwards wasn't ready to go with the NFL yet. Um, I mean, it, it was Waller. He was able to get some mismatches. Um, this year, they're not going to have that. It's going to be Ruggs getting fed touches. They just... John Brown asked to be released. Why? Because he knew he was not going to be one of the top two receivers. Ryan Edwards is improving. He's going to step right into a starting role. This is a guy that the analytics folks loved. Um, and, I mean, I think we're going to see it this year. So go get either one of those guys. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to pay a lot for them right now. You can you can get them before their, their value spikes here. Because week one, they're going to get targets. They're going to show production. Derek Carr is a good quarterback, as much crap as he takes. Um, the issue on the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> has been their defense, not their offense. So... Take this while you can, because um, it's going to get more and more expensive. I kind of—I already mentioned going out and getting Ronald Jones. I mean, you can get him for a future second, probably. I, I think that's a reasonable price to pay for him. You know, he may not be giving you great numbers this year in a committee, uh, but next year his path opens up. I mean, they're—they're they're not going to re-sign Leonard Fournette here. They're—they're they're just going to let Ronald Jones take over those touches. Gio Bernard probably not going to re-sign. Maybe he does, just so that they keep passing down back, but are we really worried about an aging Giovanni Bernard um, capping Ronald Jones, who you know isn't a huge pass catcher anyway? No. Go get him. He's still young. He's getting better. Maybe he even improves to the point that they trust him in that passing down role. So go get Ronald Jones. Um, and I've got one more running back buy for you here. Javante Williams, rookie, out in Denver. Uh, his value will jump up at least around in startup drafts as soon as Melvin Gordon is out the door. I don't know whether that's going to be a trade mid mid year. I don't know whether Gordon's just going to get benched and cut. Maybe he just gets hurt, but he's on the last year of his deal anyway. This is going to be Javante Williams' backfield, and don't be afraid to throw a future first at getting him before he blows up. We've got five buys there turn around and in the opposite direction if you've got some of these guys in your roster here is your chance to sell for a profit i already mentioned darren waller his 2020 was a best case scenario now that they've got henry ruggs back healthy got brian edwards they brought in drake to be a pass catching running back he is not going to see the same volume and one little nugget here after this year, he has no dead money on his contract. So there will be zero dead cap if they decide that he needs to be cut. So what happens if he gets banged up this year and is you know, trying to round back into shape next year? You know, does he still keep his role? Maybe they decide that they, their cap space could be better used elsewhere because Ruggs has taken a step forward and Edwards has taken a step forward. They've got Foster Moreau waiting in the wings. He can step in and be very, very productive from that tight end spot. So 
Darren Waller is still considered a premier tight end. This is your chance to sell it. You know, don't wait until he gets hurt uh, and there start being question marks. Don't wait till you see that his usage isn't going to be quite what it was last year. Sell him now, get the premium, and then turn around and profit. Our next sell, stick, sticking at the tight end position, Dallas Goddard. Everyone was drafting Dallas Goddard this year, or trying to get Dallas Goddard this year in the offseason, with the hope that Ertz would be gone. Well, Ertz is still in Philadelphia. The trade never came to fruition, he didn't get cut, and go look at Dallas Goddard's splits when Ertz plays. It's not pretty. Okay, He is not going to live up to his ADP when Ertz is still around. So what does that mean? Sell him. People are still hoping that Goddard is going to be a thing this year. Sell him before they realize that Ertz is still going to cap him. You know, Maybe you sell him to the Ertz owner. See if you can get Ertz's production this year plus something for Dallas Goddard. And whoever ends up with Dallas Goddard is going to have to wait a year anyway. So you know, maybe you can turn around, sell him now, and then later in the season... You know, midway through the season, Eagles are struggling. Go get him at that point, okay? Buy him back for cheaper after his value has dropped when people realize he's not going to be the big thing that everyone thought he would be this season. Then you've got Derrick Henry. So he is still considered one of the favorites to lead the league in rushing this year. I don't know how much longer that's going to be. He doesn't have a huge amount of tread on his legs overall because he came into the league and sat behind other running backs um, but his workload the last few years have been massive it's probably not going to change this year because he's the centerpiece of that offense so he's going to start wearing down at some point father time is undefeated that said he could still be great this year i'm not taking anything away from derrick henry if you've seen his off-season workout videos you know he may not be human that said you can still sell him for multiple firsts. You know, find someone who values him, who needs that running back piece. Maybe someone lost a, a J.K. Dobbins or a Travis Etienne that they were counting on. Sell Derrick Henry. Get what you can for him. You know, maybe you want to get players instead of picks. That's fine, but transfer the value of Derrick Henry out of Derrick Henry, who is starting to age a little bit for a running back, is going to be on the downside of his career. Go get those younger assets that you can turn around and you know, watch appreciate over the next couple years instead of Derrick Henry, who, if you keep him this year, his value is going to drop, and you're probably just going to have to wait and watch as you get less and less for him every time someone offers. Eventually, you're just going to eat the entire whatever the value is left. You're just going to have to keep him. No one's going to want him. The other sell before the season starts, sticking at the running back position now, a hot name... I'll tell you why he's a sell. Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. When Mac Jones was named the starter, everyone jumped on Damian Harris as the big winner in this offense because all of a sudden Cam Newton won't be stealing the goal line carries. The offense is going to be tailored to a young QB, which means a lot of running plays, play actions, short passes. Damian Harris will benefit from all of that. So his role looks pretty solid this year. But remember what happened in the preseason. There's a reason they were okay trading Sony Michelle. And yeah, some people are going to say it's Damian Harris. But I'll tell you what, it's probably more likely that they're comfortable after seeing what they've got in Ramondre Stevenson. And 
JJ uh, Nelson. So, Ramondre and JJ are sorry, JJ Taylor. <laughs> excuse me, JJ Nelson, the, the uh, receiver that used to be with the Arizona Cardinals. JJ Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson are going to give them depth. Okay, so Damian Harris does not catch passes. His upside is going to be capped. He is going to be completely touchdown dependent. Okay, he'll he'll put up good rushing stats. Like I, I'm not going to be at all surprised to see him put up 800 yards. He's definitely in play for double-digit touchdowns. That said, you've got a guy like Ramondre Stevenson who can both run and catch passes. You've still got James White on the team. He's going to catch passes. J.J. Taylor, probably going to move into that James White role eventually. So, you know, I don't know that Damian Harris has the upside that everyone seems to think he does, so you can probably take advantage of the fact that he's going to be a little overvalued until people realize He's only got half the puzzle to the running back cheat code, which is going to be those running backs that get both the goal line work and the receiving work. So now you've seen how we can approach dynasty football here with the upcoming rookie classes, you know, strategies for if your teams are in a, a contending state or a rebuilding state. And we've given you some tangible buys and sells here heading into week one. We'll continue throughout the season uh, talking through different scenarios, hopefully getting some listener questions. I'll, I'll have some guests on here so that you don't have to listen to me give a monologue. Um, we'll get a little bit different perspective in here and see how different people approach different positions in different dynasty formats. So good luck with your 2021 fantasy football season. Remember, continually evaluate your roster looking for opportunities, but always take the thoughtful approach.